With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Join Fairway in bringing joy to families this holiday season with Toys for Tots. This week, USDA Choice T-Bone Steaks are just $5.99 a pound. Fairway Pasta is only $0.68. Cents. Black Label Sliced Bacon is just $2.99 with your coupon. Cuties Mandarins are only $4.88. Natural Boneless Chicken Breast is just $1.69 a pound. Be sure to check out our special Coming Home for the Holidays section in this week's ad. I'm John Miller, joined today by my longtime friend and peer, Rob Howe. Rob and I wanted to uh, do one of these things together before I, I disappear into the, uh, the ether. And uh, here we are. So, Rob, thanks for jumping on and doing this. It's been a, it's been a long and winding road, has it not? It has. And a quick story. I was, um, I shoot photos for your prep sports, which covers your, your school at West Branch and uh, six, I think six other schools in this area. But long story short, I was at Solon West Branch girls, boys, doubleheader last night shooting photos. And I apologize to this gentleman. I did not get his last name. His first name was John came up, introduced himself, said he loves the site, loves our work very disappointed you're leaving and he asked me and he's not the first person to ask this can john really walk away from this after all this can john walk away and i looked at him and i said i don't know i think so i mean i you know we've been talking about this for a few years but honestly i don't know i don't know if i were to walk away or say i was going to walk away if I would be able to do it, do you, do you, are you at peace knowing that you can definitely walk away or is there any part of you that's saying, I, you know, I'm going to get sucked back in. Yes. Uh, yes and no. And yes and no. And yes and no. Um, I had this conversation with my 17 year old last night because she is, um, I'm going to sound like your typical parent here, but there's, right at this particular point in time, she's probably the thing I'm most proud of in my entire life for her, uh, her ability to critically think on her own, to arrive at her own conclusions. And, you know, she was talking with me last night about some of the things I've been tweeting lately that people would uh, consider off topic. I've had no stick to sports replies this month because people maybe realize I'm out the door. So it's pointless anyway. And it was pointless before, by the way, when you sent that to me and, and she was talking to me and then, and, and just, you know, just, you know, saying, dad, I'm just proud of you that you're using your privilege and using all these little trigger words that would have set me off about a year ago. But, and she's like, do you think you can walk away from this? And I said, I'm going to, but I know it won't be easy because the feedback that I've gotten this past month or almost a month, two or three weeks since I announced it has been incredibly fulfilling, 
very rewarding. I don't use the term humbling because so many people use, you know, that on Twitter. Oh, I'm just humbled. I'm not. Um, it's very fulfilling and rewarding to get this type of feedback from people, whether they be, you know, Super Bowl participants or golf champions or former Hawkeyes that I admire. It's just been a really, I feel like George Bailey at the end of It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> That's really the best way to describe it. And I know I have to step away. I, I know that I need to do that. I'm 48 years old. I have an opportunity with my day job to do some things these next five years uh, with my company and then maybe one day make a return in some way, shape, or form entirely on my terms without having to depend on bull trips to keep the lights on in my house and things of that nature that you're all too familiar with. So a very long-winded way of saying it's already incredibly hard for me to think of not returning to the Twitter world and to this spoken form world every week the way that I am now but I have to. So I acknowledge it's going to be very, very, very difficult. But one of those things, Rob, that I'm recognizing in the difficulty with the mental difficulty, it's like when I've tried to, you know, go down other roads and make other changes in my life, whether it's a diet or whatever, and the mind is the hardest battle is that I need to, for multiple reasons. One, I need to focus everything on my on my, you know, my company. That's, that's first and foremost for this season of life. Secondly, the very fact that it's hard for me to leave, that I, I'm having this mental anguish, tells me that there may be something wrong with me a little bit. That, it, that there is a level of narcissism involved in what I do on Twitter. No doubt. And, for, and, I think it's, I would, I would definitely, I can relate to that and it, it drives me nuts. Yes. I mean, I've, I've started other accounts like, you know, five good innings for to follow the Royals, just to try to keep my Hawkeye Nation feed as free of other things as possible. But what I don't do is I don't follow through with them. I don't, I don't keep pushing with them. And the reason why is because when I make tweets there, I don't sometimes get anybody replying to me. And for those of you out there who are on Twitter and use Twitter and you interact and you don't get a lot of action on your tweets, I mean, more power to you. I'm just being honest. The narcissist in me doesn't like that. I am addicted to stirring the pot. I am addicted to people reacting on everything I might tweet, write, or say. After 20 years of being in this world, it is absolutely an addiction and it's not healthy. I'm not saying for you or for other people, I'm saying for me, I need to cleanse myself of this because there's pride involved, there's arrogance involved and there's narcissism involved. So for me, and I have the opportunity to leave it, some people, this is, you know, this is the job, this is what you do and, you, and this is part of it, I get it. I'm just saying for John Miller, it's time to go. Yes, and as I said at the top of the pod, um, this isn't a decision you've arrived at hastily. This has been, I guess I came back, it's been four years now. I yep. came back in December of 15 yep. after the undefeated season. So four years, 
And even when I came back, that was probably four years ago, you were hinting at, you know, wanting to move away. And um, I get it. I, I completely get it. And there's, I think there's a part of all of us and it's, and I'm not going to name names, but I don't know if there's a person in the Iowa media that I've not interacted with that said, man, I, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And that's not looking for pity or cause no, there are no. a lot of people that would love to do what we do. Right. But it can be mentally straining to, um, uh, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but I, I, a guy who's a commissioner of one of the, my fantasy baseball leagues decided he didn't want to do it anymore. And I immediately said, I have absolutely no interest in this and the drama that goes with this because I do this for a living. I deal with drama for a living, whether it be Twitter or the message boards, it's every single day. And it weighs, it weighs on us mentally. So I completely get where you're coming from. I think there will be aspects. I, I know there will be aspects of this job that you're going to miss. No doubt. I already do. But there are also aspects that you'll gladly walk away from. <laughs> there are. And, and, and you began to clarify this, and I just want to make sure that this point doesn't get lost. There is not complaining here. Um, I have been incredibly blessed and fortunate to do what it is that I do for as long as I've done it. And I know you love doing it too. But just like every single one of you listening to this has a profession. And there are things about that profession that you like then there are things that you don't like. It's the same with any profession. Well, what do you mean, John? You guys get to go to press conferences. You get to talk to the players. You get to go to these games. You get... Anything, anything has its downsides. Everything has its downsides. Kirk Ferentz would probably, you know, when he's done, there's downsides to coaching. Heck, there's way more downsides to coaching than this. I wouldn't want to do that for a second. So we're not complaining. We're not. Um, it's just that uh, the vast majority of people we encounter on social media and message boards are awesome and make it so much fun. Agreed. Unfortunately, it's that small percentage that at times outweigh the vast majority of the fun and the not fun is really it's a heavy weight to bear at times. So anyhow, this is kind of probably akin to talking about bad food in the press box, right? Nobody, <laughs> nobody likes yeah. hearing that, but Ooh. you're right. You know, it, I, I know it's going to be hard to step away. And, um, you know, I, I, I have a whole five by seven note card full of things that I jotted down in anticipation of this. And I'm going to, do you remember the first time that we ran into each other? Yeah, I was thinking about this. I've been, um, back in the spring my doctor i went for my one of my i go twice a year for checkups and uh he said yeah you uh you need to start exercising and taking care of yourself so i walk every day pretty much try to walk every day now and try to get some exercise in. and i've been thinking about that in anticipation for us recording this podcast and I cannot put my finger on it. I know you probably have better recollection of this than I do, but I remember being around you at press conferences and then also at the Good Call radio show. So I'm guessing it's one of those two. Yeah, to me, what stands out is the Good Call. 
Um, we, we, we definitely would have bumped into one another at press conferences. Those, that would have been our first interactions, but I, you know, at that juncture, you know, you, you're there, you got a job to do. You're not, you know, we're not, we're not talking about sharing photos and things like that. It's not the best place to establish a relationship. Um, although many of them often begin there, but the good Paul is what I re I remember doing that with Mark Allen. That was so much fun. It was a cast of several people that would rotate in and out. You and I were in the regular rotation. I think Todd Bromwell camp, who was at the voice of the Hawkeyes at that time, made some appearances. Uh, Brett Balbinot would fill in for Mark sometimes in the later years. Brent was kind of the driver of that. Uh, Mike Finn, Andy Hamilton, I think even Pat Hardy would stop by. Was there anybody else I'm forgetting on that? I think you hit on... Unreal. Yeah. He was with the Gazette at he the time. He was with the Gazette at the time. Yep, yep. So, so that's where we met. And then it was not long after the first time we were on there together that my wife and I bumped into you and your wife. And this is before the Howes had children and before the Millers had children. Uh, and I just said, I have a 17 year old. So there you go. Um, you were coming out of a movie. One of us was coming out. One of us was going into the old Capitol mall movie theater to go see a movie. <laughs> and we just kind of bumped into you guys in the lobby and just had a few, you know, a few niceties. And, and, and that's, and that's how I remember it, it, it kind of starting. And then, um, you know, we, our relationship developed, you know, more, more times together, a good call. And I kind of thought, you know, this guy's kind of a, a hippie, but he's, he's a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my judgment days, uh, I was laughing about that this morning, just thinking of uh, recording this today of how yeah, I remember being so over the top, loving Ricky Stanzi's love it or leave it. And, Hippie, hippies on the ped mall and and what's kind of funny is over time because you and i you know maybe had viewed the world through different prisms for the majority of our relationship although i don't think anymore um we i would just start throwing the word hippie out to you as almost a, a term of endearment you know because you knew i didn't mean anything by it but um but as as we got to know one and one one another more and more events transpired back in 2002 and 2003 where I reached out to you um, to come and join me at, at the new Hawkeye Nation I wanted to start up at the Insiders which became scout.com but you had to kind of carry that you kind of had to carry the mail for several months because I was sitting on the outside with a non-compete that's right I do remember that now. yeah Hawkeye Illustrated was the name of the site for three months and the first two or three issues of Hawkeye Nation magazine, I think it was two, um, were under the banner of Hawkeye Illustrated, including the greatest cover of any of those that we did. And we did those for years and years and years. Um, was Robert Gallery carrying the American flag out onto the field uh, at the Orange Bowl from back in 2003? So that was... So you were you were the guy carrying the mail until my non-compete expired on October 1st of 2003, and then we changed the name from Hawkeye Illustrated to Hawkeye Nation, and uh, and away we went. Yes, and I remember it was June of 2003 that we started that Hawkeye Illustrated mm -hmm. on the uh, Insiders now. Well, it's not Scout anymore. Now it's 247 because 247 wants Scout. So there's been a lot of change in that. And I just remember, I think for me, it was our connection and my trust in you 
um, and your vision on what you wanted to do. And the magazine was a big part of it because I'm going to readily admit that I was, you know, there, there was a, I, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but you know, we called it then, and I don't even know if this term even exists anymore, but mainstream media was what newspapers were, TV, radio, those were considered. And then there was this new, you know, this, this new form of team coverage or fan interaction that was this websites that you guys had started, um, which was, what was the first site you had? Um, it was superhawkeye.com. It was Josh What year was that? Uh, that was uh, 1999. Okay. Um, yeah, Rivals was founded in November of 98, and then I joined them in 99, a few weeks or months after Josh Clark was their publisher. Josh Clark then living in Western Iowa, going to high school and was 16 years old. And then um, in early 2000, I think it was, Kakert, Tom Kakert just kept emailing me and bugging me saying, hey, I want to be a part of this. And I kept ignoring him, but he was persistent, so I finally relented. And then Tom, <laughs> Tom became a very key and, and a key component of it all. And, and Dude, that, that's where it started. That was where the, really, that was the first Hawkeye super site. And I followed that stuff. And obviously, as much as the main, quote unquote, mainstream media hated admitting it, we found information on these message boards that people were sharing anonymously. You guys were digging up. I'm sure you guys were getting tips from people. Oh, and I sure. was super intrigued by all this. And, you know, I, I kind of at that point was starting to sour on um, the main, I'll keep using the term, but mainstream media. I didn't like some of the things that we were doing at the Iowa City Press Citizen. I came here from, for people that don't know, I came here from New Jersey in, in the fall of 97. So I started covering Iowa football then. Uh, as the second guy on the beat with Pat Hardy. Um, so just kind of that, if, the, 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 the game, the times were changing back then when I arrived. That was just kind of that, that first five years where I was here, that, thing, that things were changing. And uh, I think I remember one newsroom when Matt Roth got into it with a bouncer downtown. We were writing a, I was writing a story on that and the photo they wanted to use was him just, you know, going, you know, just screaming after a sack, I would assume, or some mm -hmm. play that he made on defense. And the image it gave with my story was that this guy was a lunatic and I didn't like it. And I wanted to use a different photo, whether it was his mugshot or whatever, and I was overruled. And that just was part of a series of sensationalistic journalism was starting to creep in more and more um, to, again, mainstream media. And that's when I started to have second thoughts. And then you and I started to talk about the possibility of teaming up. And again, my trust in you and, and, and your vision for what we could do with that magazine and that website really led me to leave what I had gone to college for and what I had dreamed about doing, which was growing old as Oscar Madison, um, sports writer, because, you know, that's kind of how I saw myself going old, growing old and crusty. Um, but you had something that, that drew me
And I remember people thinking I was nuts, whether it was, you know, people in the newspaper business or TV saying, what are you doing? You're the beat writer at the paper where in the town where the Iowa Hawkeyes are, what are you doing? And the rest is history. I don't regret that decision for a second. And, uh, you know, I owe a lot to um, your belief in me and my belief in your vision. So um, not to get too sappy, but that's kind of the story of how we came together or, or my side of it, how I ended up joining you and how we've gotten to this point. Yeah, and, and then for the next six years, we worked together at Scout. And um, you talk about vision. And, I mean, I just – this whole process the last several weeks of kind of writing out outlines and trying to actually prepare for a podcast, which I never do, but it was important to get these details right. And as much as anything, so that someday when I have grandkids, they can – to go back and listen to this and, and hear what grandpa used to do. And I, I get the dates right and not misremember them at that point. Um, just how early on, and I didn't even realize it at the time in my twenties that I was how wired to be an entrepreneur that I was. And I, but I wasn't disciplined. I didn't have the maturity. Um, and I was very immature in some very key areas. Details were things that, um, I struggled with. I've always had big 10,000 foot vision, but it's actually executing on it. That was a struggle for me at that time. And unfortunately you lived, you lived through much of it. You know, I, I probably owe your wife um, a, a nice big present of some sorts, just because of all the, the torment that I put you through. And I was bad at paying bills. Not that the money wasn't there, but I just, I mean, I was horrible. I, I get a level of anxiety when I open up QuickBooks and the big irony right now in my company is I'm handling the books right now until we hire a full-time person this spring, but it almost feels like I'm, I'm vanquishing a dragon that once fell me, but I had to climb that hill and fight this fight out just to prove it to myself. I'm doing it, but man, you got the short end of the strip back there, but you never wavered. You never left me. We worked through those things. Everything worked out in the end and you were very committed to it. And I really appreciate that. And it wasn't always easy. And I don't mind saying these things publicly because I, I like people to get a real representation for things, especially I've had a number of people reach out to me the last three weeks, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs wanting to hear more about the story. And I want to be clear and honest. It's not always what you see. There's a lot of messiness involved. And if you don't have the discipline to effectively carry out the vision and all aspects of it, you need to partner with people who have strengths in areas where you have weaknesses or you will fail. Uh, and, um, but we made it through. And then in 2009, I just felt like I needed to go independent. I kind of was tiring of the premium model. I felt that the premium model had reached its peak and was beyond its peak. And I felt like I could go out and monetize my own business with third-party banner advertising, which was really at it, getting to its peak as well. And there you stayed at, um, at Scout, and I left. And we both at that time, even though we didn't have a specific plan, I said, hey, man, my hope is, is that one day I'm going to be able to bring, bring you back to Hawkeye Nation. That didn't occur for another six years, though. 
Yeah, that was, um, yeah, I remember that in 2009. And that was, I think, one of the things that, because I, I still get people that come up to me and, and remember the Hawkeye Nation magazine. That's one thing that this market, I mean, it. I think the athletic kind of fills that role a little bit of feature writing and mm-hmm. more in-depth story. Um, but that was a, you know, something people could get in the mail every month and sit yeah. down and kind of dig into some, some really in-depth uh, writing and, and we did graphics and things like that. And I still get people that, that, you know, remember that and really uh, are willing to, you know, throw out compliments about that. That makes me feel good because we did a lot of really good work in the, that first six years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I owe Andrea a lot of, thanks and probably a big gift too for when i would call and freak out from technology standpoint because i wasn't prepared, <laughs> prepared to figure things out on a website coming from a newspaper where all that stuff was handled for me um, and then i would interrupt you guys during dinner freaking out and all that other stuff but we worked through that for that six years and, and put them you know late nights and a lot of hard work and putting that magazine and website together together just pretty much i mean we had the finleys helping us and there were some other people we'd have part-time but for a lot of that that was uh, that was us putting that thing together um and uh so that was yeah that was an end of an era when we hit the, the 2009 point and uh went our separate ways and um yeah, I was, yeah, we, but we stayed in contact and we were still together. I remember we traveled to, we would travel to Big Ten Media Days together and, and do different things like that. So, um, were you mad? No, I wasn't. I think it was more disappointment. I thought I was like, man, I, cause I enjoyed us working together and I thought mm-hmm. we were a good team. And then when that came to an end, I was like, there was a part of me that's like, all right, I'm going to do this by myself. I don't have to worry about anything, uh, you know, worry about, you know, what other people are doing or any of that stuff. But I, but, and part of this was, um, you know, working with and for you and then working for Joel Cox and the people at Scout was night and day. And <laughs> I, I did not. And I, I mean, I don't want to, kill the guy or anything like that there's different styles of management i am very much someone that wants to surround myself with people are professionals and don't need to be told what to do i'm very laissez-faire and then there's a micromanagement style of people that want to lord over every detail even though they're incompetent based on those details and don't know what they're talking about there are other styles other than those two but for the sake of this conversation i think i just juxtapose things fairly and I won't go any, into any further detail, but suffice it to say that Scout is not around any longer. And that was the company that I stayed with when you went independent. So there you have it. Scout is gone. So <laughs> that is not around anymore. And I ended up, I guess in the spring of 2015, ended up leaving them and joined Pat Hardy for all Hawkeyes. That didn't end up working out. And then December, I ended up after the undefeated regular season, I think it was after the Big Ten championship game, I ended up getting in touch with you again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually just going here through some old emails to see if I can 
kind of see. Yeah, I'll just leave those. I don't want to call an audible right there. Um, but yeah, and 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 it was we were so excited because we really we really do enjoy working together. And, and it's not you know you've got three kids or four. You got three, right? I have three. Yes, I have. A freshman at City High, a seventh grader at Southeast Junior High, and a third grader at Hoover Elementary. Right. So, um, who they have a Hoover Elementary in Iowa City? They do, and it's a new Hoover Elementary. The one that used to be by City High is no more. It's. Um, I was wondering if you were opening your open and rolling your kids over to West Branch Hoover Elementary. That'd have been a smart <laughs> move. But um, so so yeah, so you know. It, as our as we've gotten more kids and our kids have gotten older we've we've spent less and less time you know talking on the phone and most everything's done via text or email but it, we we were really excited about that and um you know we we're going to go to the rose bowl out there together but you had some planes trains and automobile <laughs> issues and it was all crazy but yeah you came back and and you've really done a fantastic job of giving iowa fans giving a lot of Iowa fans access to recruiting content that has previously been behind paywalls. And, and really you, what you've done has then become emulated by, you know, I think the newspapers really started to get on the recruiting boat around this time, not in the way that you do relative to volume of content. I think that once we made it free, and and made a lot of that free a lot of people said okay we have to do this too and that's fine that's what this business is but you've just you've given people a lot of great content and i think it's limited your time that you've had to do what you're phenomenal at which is tell those feature stories you're an amazing feature writer but you've given iowa fans thousands of stories on recruits that previously would have been behind a paywall. Yeah. And we talked and I appreciate you saying that. And, and we talked about that for years, you know, of, you know, after the 2009 split, that was part of the vision that someday in the future we would be able to, cause I remember I, I think I even maybe I bought the URL, um, Hawkeye State recruiting or something, something to that effect where, we, you know, I had some different ideas in my mind how we would cover recruiting uh, from a, you know, in the, in the free model of, um, you know, whether it be for Iowa or Iowa State or the, the state of I, Iowa high schools. And uh, so that made a lot of sense when we were able to do that in, back in 2015. Um, and it's been good. And I've tried to, I've been spread a little bit thin just in terms of, you know, beat coverage in addition to recruiting. But I think we do, I think we've at least, we've landed on um, a pretty even split of where we're, um, you know, covering recruiting, but not doing mundane recruiting updates and trying to tell some stories in recruiting. And I've started the, the um, prospect podcast. Um, I had started that in September with Deuce Hogan. And then during the season, it just became too difficult, but I've, I've done a couple of those this month. So other ways to, to, um, you know, produce 
recruiting content. So I think we have a good mix on the site um, of, you know, recruiting content, beat coverage. Um, so, yeah, I think Hawkeye Nation is healthy, I think. And I, I know this is going to be the case. We're, we're going to have a, a big void um, trying to fill or and we're not going to be able to replace. But the, the Miller and Days podcast has become such a big, big part of Hawkeye Nation. That's going to be um, a big void. And I don't know how, how we're going to fill that. It, it, it remains to be seen, but hopefully there's still enough content for people to come on there and uh, enjoy consuming it because it is free. And most newspapers now, including the ones in the state, are charging money for content um, in addition to Rivals and 247. So we are the free one out there. And I think we have a lot of really good free content for people. There's no doubt, and I, I appreciate that. I, I, you know, you, you'd mentioned being spread thin, and a part of the reason that you've been spread thin is because of what we talked about initially. My, my desire, I don't know if it's desire. My, I've, I've just been doing the things that I really like to do, which is the spoken word and podcast though. I mean, you can tell I, I don't write much anymore. Um, it's not that my passion for writing is gone. I write every day in my day job. I've basically, I've basically copied the model that I've been doing the last 20 years in sports and I've applied it to a different industry and it, it's worked well. So I still write and have that type of creative outlet. It's just that, what did I tell you? I, I, um, Oh, like I get a motivation to write or I I do inspirational writing. Not that my writing inspires people, but I don't write unless I'm inspired to write. And it's just not been there. It's just not been there for me. And I've just kind of done my things and that's put more of a burden on you and um, probably not the best thing or the best way. So, you know, I do not blame you for that at all because I understand where you're coming from. And, um, and I think that's telling that, you know, and I noticed it. I mean, we don't need to talk about things. We know each other well enough that I could tell you were burned out. And when you're not inspired to write about something that you once had a really great passion for, you have to listen to that. You have to listen to um, what your mind is telling you. And that's, that's why I, I don't, I mean, I, I never said, man, I wish John would help me more and write more on this. I just did. I just, you know, cause I, it's what I do. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's what I enjoy doing is covering it. And we talked about earlier, you know, the downside of things. I still, you know, I've started a podcast with Greg Bruner, a, a guy that I remember when he was 17 or 18 yeah. years old, who's now married with kids, who's getting his MBA and, you know, and Colin Cole you know, unfortunately, the podcast with him didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And we'll have an announcement. I'm, I'm hoping to do another podcast with another former football player. But those relationships, long story short, you know, getting to know these guys, getting to know these coaches through the years, getting to tell stories. I still have a passion for that, but I certainly understand whether and there are days for me when I'm like, it's hard. It's hard to do it like in any other job. It's it's work. It is work, and and sometimes the, that work is really fun and great, and you're you're just con- totally consumed in it. And some days it's hard to do, and that's 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 life. That's the way that's the way life goes. Yeah, and and I'm kind of a 
one of my business partners now, you know, he's like, you know, he's like, you're the best starter that I've ever been around. And I'm, I'm learning, trying to learn how to finish better as well. And take things from a, a startup position into a, um, into a mature business, mature business position. And, you know, I, I did the Hawkeye thing for almost two decades. So I, I feel, I, I feel like I kind of saw something through there. And um, I, as far as avoid, there won't be any void on as far as written content. There will only, there will not be because I haven't been writing and there won't be a void in the message boards because I haven't been going there. I got burnt out of those a long time ago and Twitter in a lot of ways has become the new message boards. And there are aspects of that, that we've already talked about as far as the podcasts are concerned, the things that, that you're doing with, with um, Bruner and the, your, and, and, the, and the prospect podcast. I mean, there's, there's more content than there's ever been. And yes, what Steve and I did together for a long time, um, you know, there's a lot of people that, that enjoy that. And I appreciate that. I, I just think that um, I think that there, the void will be filled and it won't be long before people will be like, who, what was that guy's name again? Miller? What was his name? And, and that's, I don't and think the, that's going to be the case at all. And I had somebody ask me about, you know, what I thought about you and what you've been able to do in this business. And I used the word before, um, but I think, I think visionary is a good word for me because you saw before the rest of us what a, a space that you could fill in this business. Because if you look at what the Gazette does now and the register, it's a lot more like what we do at the quote unquote fan site mm -hmm. than it was back when, you know, Mark Hansen or um, Sean Keeler or, you know, there were, that, that type of journalism isn't the same. And I think, not that that was bad, because I still enjoy that type of journalism and that type of writing and that type of coverage. But I think it's met somewhere in the middle. And you've had a ton to do with that in this market. And not only that, not only from the website, but, you know, getting out in front of the podcast portion of this thing, too, going from the radio show to the podcast. And now we see how popular podcasts have become. It's been, a, you talked about a couple de decades. It's been a couple decades of you being able to start things be at the forefront of things that have become standardized aspects of coverage. And I think the reason for that is, and, and maybe you, maybe you have a different, you know, look at a view of this is that you approached it from a fan perspective, not a, not a, you know, snobbish journalism perspective, which I was, I used to be more of a snobby journalist. And sometimes I'm still that way. Sometimes if I'm out publicly, it's still a little bit difficult for me to kind of open up to people. And you were always able to do that. You always wore your emotions on your sleeve. You always, you know, were able to be the voice of the fan. And I think that allowed you to um, create and, and be at the forefront of things that fans want, you know, um, components of this business that fans wanted to consume. And to me, you leaving now, that's the thing that I wonder who's going to be there for that. 
who's going to be there for where this goes next. Because at 52, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm going to be involved in this. And, you know, where, where is this thing heading next? Because it constantly evolves. We'd be foolish to sit here and think we've got it all figured out and this is the way things are going to be in a decade from now. So, um, and that's not me trying to... Um, because uh, those are things that I believe in. Those are things that I've watched happen and things that I've thought about and things that I'm glad I've been a part of because I've been with you. Well, it means a lot to me to hear you say those things. It, it really does because I have a great deal of respect for you. And I, I maybe you're right. This, the, I just approached it as I'm a fan. This is the kind of stuff I wanted to read about as a fan. And, you know, I, I remember way back in the Miller Time newsletter days when I was basically plagiarizing. Um, and I stopped doing that. I talked about that in a different podcast, but I was, I remember like, you know, naively telling my family and friends, like, and I'm reading the articles from the Gazette online and the register online and the Iowa City Press Citizen online. And they're all using the same freaking quotes from these players and coaches. <laughs> Why don't they get different quotes? Well, I had no idea how it worked. I had no idea that the media all gathered around the same five or six players that were available and had therefore the same quotes. So I'm like, okay, I get that now, but there's a lot more that's said during these interviews. Once I moved up to Iowa in 2000 and started going to press conferences myself, I'm like, wait a second, there is a lot more said here that never makes it to the paper. So what did I start doing much to my own detriment? And I hated it. And thankfully, Iowa gave me a get out of jail free card several <laughs> years later. I started to transcribe the interviews entirely. I started to transcribe Kirk Ferentz's press conferences and Steve Alford's press conferences entirely. And no one was doing that. But I'm like, well, there's just so much here. And a lot of reporters just kind of save those, that extra content to sort of you know, filter out during the course of the week for various ideas. Not John. John just came in and freaking shot it all right there. Here's all the words, everybody. And and uh, for better or for worse, and, and that got really freaking tedious. We've both been on the on the end of transcriptions, but thankfully Iowa decided that they would pay somebody to do that for well, I loved when you were doing that when I was in the newspaper. I'd be like, all right, man, when's Miller going to have that transcript up, up here so I don't have to transcribe? In my stuff. house, in my house and in my marriage, my wife knew that Tuesday afternoons, John is down in his office, the door closed, his headphones on, Kirk Ferentz at 70% of the normal rate of his speech, and I would sit there and type out Kirk Ferentz in real life was 30 minutes, 70% of 30 minutes you add on to that. So it was about, you know, over 40 minutes. And I just sit there and type it all out. And I, and I told her, I have to have this out. I have to have this out within, within a couple of hours. And you would be there when we teamed back up. No, during that time we were teamed up, you would be at the press conference you would come out and you would up, you would get to some place with the internet connection. You would upload the audio file. You would email it to me. I would instantly download it. And less than an hour later, it was out there for everybody to see. <laughs> Just insanity. No wonder I burnt myself out. And back then we had the on the side press conference. Yes. Too. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I would bat. Yeah. That was just, <laughs> that was a lot. And then I think we start splitting up the duties you would do on the side and all this and that, but yeah. And you know, it's funny, you, you just jogged a memory. Um, I remember standing outside the back of 2141 Grand Avenue in Des Moines. That is the, 
the radio station uh, where WHO is and Clear Channel is. And I was talking to the, um, the station manager, the regional manager, Joel McRae. And this would have been, I think, in 2008, 2009, so 10, 11 years ago. And we were talking about the future of the genre. And I said, here's what I think is going to happen. I think that these radio towers that you have are one day going to become Wi-Fi repeating towers. And they're going to be connected to all the towers around the state. And that all these towers are going to create a Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi blanket. And one day cars are going to have computers and Wi-Fi capabilities built into them. And when people are pulling out of Kinnick Stadium, they're not going to turn into WMT. They're not going to turn into WHO. They're going to turn into johnmiller.com. And they're going to listen to me. <laughs> You're going to listen to me give my commentary on what we just saw immediately after we just saw it. And they're going to be in their cars listening to this and they will be able to get it on demand. And he just smiled and shook his head patted me on the back and walked inside. <laughs> it's the exact similar vein of conversation that I had had in 2002 with the company that owned the Weather Channel at that time. They also owned Voice of the Hawkeyes magazines. And I was telling them that they needed to bundle their magazine with an online subscription offering. And that that bundle was what would keep them viable because the internet was going to overtake the print. And they told me, they said, the newspaper's always been there, it always will be, and this internet thing will fade. And it was later that week that I called up scout.com and said, I gotta get somewhere else where people get it. And I've had these conversations in my life, and so far they've, they've worked out well. And where things go from here, I think it's a greater continuation of what I just, obviously what I laid out to the station manager has pretty much come to pass. Um, I do the Instant Reaction podcasts, and people can get that stuff on, on podcast apps. And back in 2008, when I talked with them, I mean, I, I don't even know when the first podcast came around. I think it was probably not too long, somewhere around that time. Um, I think it's going to be even more so. I, I don't know that something, I don't really have an idea of something new that's going to pop up, although there will be, but I think it's just going to be different plays on existing technologies that we have that will make, that will make it even easier mm -hmm. for guys like you and me to create our own brands, have our own broadcast network stations, etc. And, and like, you know, like right now we could live stream this conversation that we're having. We're recording it on Zoom. Zoom is a piece of software that can allow you to video conference. Obviously people can live broadcast from YouTube and other platforms like that. I think it's gonna be an additional, just even a greater pervasive, pervasiveness of that. The technology costs are gonna come down to where people can build out these studios and their houses far more easily. Uh, more and more people are gonna have higher and higher bandwidth connections. So it's going to make it very, very much easier for people to build their brands and disseminate their brands and those that have good content, but more importantly, those that have good content, but that are also consistent and can fight through the grind when not many people are watching them, they will win. And that's what I think will happen. And that makes a lot of sense. And as I've said, um, I know we've talked about that, about, you know, networking and things like that uh, for the future. Yes. And, uh, Consolidation is also going to happen. Right. And I remember 
again, to go back to when I left, you know, the newspaper business, at that point I had been in for, I guess about a decade um, in 2003, maybe a little longer than that. And people saying, you're nuts that, you know, like you were saying that the internet wasn't gonna, you know, sustain, it wasn't gonna survive. And unfortunately, cause it still hurts. I mean, I grew up and I know you did too, reading newspapers and the right. box scores in newspapers and the, you know, the baseball standings all summer and all that. The newspaper business was in denial for so long that it's, you know, if it would have, if it would have um, had the vision that you guys had, that you had about the internet, it wouldn't be. I wouldn't the be dire, it, and it wouldn't be in the dire straits that it is right nope. now. Nope. They had the ability to make it so guys like me didn't exist, but. Um, you know, our archaic thinking and hubris gets in the way, it does to all of us, me included. And, and that's where we are. But yeah, I, 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 you know, I made a run back in the, in the summer at creating a, um, a mega podcast network. And I think that it would have been highly successful, but it just didn't happen. And so it was, I was back then and I was talking with you about this. I was talking with my wife. I'm like, you know, cause a year ago this time I tendered my resignation to Hawkeye nation. And I said, I'll give you another year. And, but then I was like, you know what, if I can build something big, I'm going to take a swing at that. That would be worth my time from like nine o'clock at night to 11 o'clock at night where I'm not taking away from my day job and I'm not taking away from my family. I can when take sleeping. Yeah, when, you, when you're sleeping, that's right. <laughs> you know, I can take away from my video game time right. and my personal time, but only if I can create a monster. That's what I wanted to do. And it didn't work out. Um, the, you know, different people had different commitments that they, they, they could not um, or did not want to break from. And that's fine. But if I ever do come back in some way, shape, or form, it will be like that. I will have put together a collection of amazing content providers and create something that has not existed to that magnitude. But I don't know that that'll happen either. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But we don't know that it won't either. <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> I, I was reminded as I was going through these things, this, these memories, Rob, of our time together. First and foremost, you're an awesome human being. You, um, you have an amazing heart, a, 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 an incredible capacity for grace. And given some of the things that you've experienced in your life that you've been public about, I find that all the more amazing, the, the heart that you have and how you care for people and care about people and how you don't judge people. And um, it, I'm honored to be your friend. This other stuff, this work stuff, yeah, you're great. But more so, I'm, I'm just, you're a great person. And um, I've really enjoyed that and will continue to enjoy it. And hopefully we'll get a chance to actually see each other more when I get moved up to Kansas City and maybe just come up there as a fan and I have a mustache on my face with uh, with with dark, uh, with dark aviator glasses on, just kind of walking around and, uh, you know, we'll we'll spend some time together. But there was one thing that you told me many years ago, and I wonder if you remember this. I've never forgotten it, 
And a matter of fact, I probably think about it at least once a month, if not more. I'm a small town kid from flyover country. And I have a stack of invisible chips on my shoulders that go up over my ears so I don't hear negativity and haters. And one of those little chips on my shoulder, not in a negative way, but I pull these out sometimes and I remember them because they motivate me, always have. Just like two years ago, somebody in this industry that I'm in, the energy industry, said the the industry doesn't need another wholesale company. You need to keep doing what you're doing. No one's going to give you any funding for this. Well, he was right. Nobody gave me any funding for it, but I still did it, and we bootstrapped it ourselves. And um, one of our peers in the media asked you a question, and they asked you this question. (laughs) Now I know where you're going. Do you think John's ever going to make it big? And you told me this. And you told me what you replied back to them, which was, I don't know if he will or not, but I do know that he's never going to stop trying. And man, I heard that and I wasn't mad at this other person. Believe me, I wasn't. I'm like, the, the, for you, for me to hear you say that about me, that's, that's captures my essence. And it really connected with me. And I really appreciated somebody else seeing that in me, even though a lot of the ideas that I've had, I mean, we've talked about the ones that have worked. There's a lot that haven't still waiting on that game changing uh, recruiting database to come alive. Uh, A lot of people out there are (laughs) and a number of things, but that conversation, bro, that's right at the top of my chip list. And I think about it all the time and it drives me and it pushes me. And, um, I just thank you for believing in me all these years when there were multiple opportunities um, for that faith to more than just waver. I appreciate that, brother. And, uh, you know, I think that's what connects you and I. Um, as you've said uh, earlier in the podcast, we haven't always lined up maybe politically, um, you know, from a faith standpoint, um, you know, in different areas like that, but it's never, I've always looked to you to help me keep an open mind. And I, and I hope that I've been able to do that for you. Um, and, and I go back to very early on, um, when we knew, got to know each other and, um, I wrote a column for the press citizen, um, and I think this was a, 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 at a point where it was, a, it was a national story. It may have been Mike Piazza, or there, there were, maybe it was, there were stories written about Major League Baseball where there were, there were um, gays, there were homosexuals in Major League Baseball. And I wrote that um, there has to have been an Iowa Hawkeye, and, and it may be now, um, who's gay. And um, maybe it was football. Um, maybe it was specific to football and I, you know, the blowback and the letters, that was more when people used to write letters and emails right. and things like that more. And I got a lot of blowback for that. And you were very supportive then. And, you know, and, and I knew, you know, from where you were, um, you know, religiously and faith wise that, that I wrote that, but you still had an open mind about that. And, I think we've continued that throughout the years that it's been more than about Hawkeye sports with us. It's always been about a connection, compassion and respect. And, uh, you know, that's what I valued the most. It's more than 
you know, us professionally. It's more than, you know, the Orange Bowl or, you know, whatever it ha- whatever the hot topic is in Hawkeye sports. It's always been about respect and compassion and a connection for us. And that's uh, the, the, as, as sad and emotional as this is that we're ending or at least suspending an era here. <laughs> I'm not closing the door. I refuse to close the door. Um, that I know that will remain, you know, friends and, and, you know, brothers moving forward. And that, that so I'm okay with it. I'm okay with, cause I know that this is something that you need to do. Well, I appreciate that. And I'd forgotten about that article. Um, it's interesting to hear you say that I was supportive at that time because I'm actually surprised that I was. Uh, there, there, there's a, a number of versions of my former self that uh, I'm certainly not proud of, but I feel like I'm moving in the right direction. So, well, Rob, it's been a joy. And who knows, maybe it will be again. You keep saying this enough. You're going to try to open, brother. You're trying to bring it into reality. <laughs> you're not the first one to do this. You guys, the, I'm an entrepreneur. Don't be wagging. Don't be waving <laughs> in front of my face like this. So, well, and as part of it is it helps me. It's selfish. It helps me <laughs> figure in that eh, sometime, you know, someday down the road, like in 2009, that we'll be together again. So yeah, that's, that's true. where I'm going to leave. It. Yeah. And it happened. All right. Well, that's where we'll leave it. Uh, Thanks to all of you for listening to these. Uh, they are very um, self-edifying and they're very selfish, but this is kind of the way that, uh, that I wanted to go out and still somewhat partly mine. So thanks for coming along for the ride. Same goes to you, Rob. Thanks, brother. And now it's our family-friendly flooring sale. Save up to $1,000 and take advantage of our 24-month special financing on our stain-resistant carpet and stylish luxury vinyl at Flooring America. Sale ends soon, so come in today.